Welcome back to the Whitetail Bloodline Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Sauters, and this is episode four of the Turkey Talk. Man, I am fired up and ready for you guys to hear this episode with Troy Cornett out of North Carolina. It's one of the most unique and badass turkey stories I've ever heard in my entire life. It's not even just a crazy cool story how it all happened. It's a crazy and unique turkey in itself. It's a pure albino turkey. Troy actually had multiple years of history with this turkey, starting in 2019, ending in the year he killed it, 2021. So it's awesome. Most of these turkeys, you would never know you had history with them just because most turkeys look the same. You might be able to tell a few characteristics to be able to tell it's the same turkey, but this one's a pure albino. So obviously you're going to know it's this one. Pretty mature turkey out of North Carolina. It's a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy this one a lot. But without further ado, let's get Troy on the phone. Oh, not much, man. Just got in from work. How you doing? Doing good, man. Same here. Just got done relaxing. Finally cut the yard. Our yard is looking a little rougher than everybody else's. So the girlfriend was getting on me a little bit. So I had to make sure I did that before we recorded this. Right. Can't have that. No, happy, she ain't my wife, but happy wife, happy life. That's right. Cliche for a reason. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, man, how's it been going? You've been having a good turkey season, one of the craziest turkey seasons of anybody I've ever heard of. Man, it, it has been uh, – it's been a wild ride, not only just the experiences. This whole year has been crazy, man, from uh, killing my biggest deer in the fall uh, of my life to, you know, now harvesting a, a bird of this rarity, man. I it's been it's been a special year for me, man. I've really really enjoyed it. Not only the exposure and just the the attention as far as that this bird is brought, uh, but the experience in itself has been a real real mm-hmm. honor. Yep. <clears throat> and yeah, I was looking at that buck just a little bit ago. He's a good buck, man. You, you shoot him with your bow, or did you shoot him with a gun? No, I shot him with my bow in uh, in Ohio. That's what I thought. And um, got got a couple different angles of it recorded and so um that was awesome yeah that was a really cool cool moment and uh cool achievement for me he i mean he was for my standards he was pretty good deer uh coming from north carolina there's you know you kill 120 inch 130 inch deer here you've really you're talking the town probably you know and so oh, yeah that <clears throat> he, he he just barely broke uh 160 but he for me he was my you know, personal best, and I was really happy with him. Yeah, that was a definitely a stud, man. Especially getting on film, that's a whole different ball game. I've been doing that for years, and it's hard to make it happen. It changes the game, man. It's uh, people just don't realize how much of a struggle that having to run a camera and harvest. Uh, it's it's a it's a struggle, man. Anybody who who has tried it or does it. And then they watch if they watch a little bit of footage and they see it all come together. They really can appreciate, yep, how, you know, how how what all went into that. Yep. Oh man, I mean that's my passion. Like hunting deer is my passion. Don't get me wrong, I love hunting turkeys, but also that filming side. I've been doing it for quite a few years, and it's every year I'm still learning, man. That's it, man. That's it. And that's that's all you got to do. I mean, I look back at uh, I've been doing it for probably four years just for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, personal enjoyment, but um, to show my immediate friends and family. I probably started when I was like 26, so 25, 26. I'm 30 now, so yeah, probably about four or five years. And 
um, I look back at some of the footage and stuff that I was able to acquire the first year or two. And it's like, I thought I had some good footage and now I'm like slightly embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm getting better. Like I was just saying, I get better every year. I think I've had a camera in my hands since I was probably six to eight years old. I used to lug around one of them big old VHS shoulder cameras back when I was a kid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But uh, yeah, man, let's get a little background on you, Troy. Like where you're from, uh, just a little general background, how you got into hunting, all that fun stuff. Sure, man. Yeah. So, uh, from, from Dudley Shoals, North Carolina and, um, born and raised here. Uh, I used to, uh, go deer hunting with, uh, my dad, this old gentleman at our church. Um, he's, he's older now. He's not, wasn't then he was probably mid forties, but he got my dad into deer hunting and, uh, me and my brothers. And he kind of acted as a, grandfather figure to me and my brothers and he didn't have any children of his own and so he got us uh into hunting and the public lands and game lands of north carolina pisca national forest steep hard country and i i used to hate him and for for taking yeah. us up and because we would sit all year and see three deer all year yeah. and but now i'm i'm you know wildly grateful for that experience those experiences and those you know i guess you call them dead seasons and trials up there hardships i guess um because it made me the hunter that i am now and yep. i've you know even my brothers they're they're not as passionate about it as me but we're all still you know hunt for hunt we'll see and harvest more deer than the average i feel like due to learning about these mountain deer as a young age at a oh young, yeah i bet when you go from these north carolina deer and you come out here in the midwest like you said ohio it's a whole different ball game man oh man yeah it's 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 crazy and i've had to acclimate to that it took me a few years to you know first time i was out there man i shot a 105 inch eight point seven pointer and was like man i've killed him yeah you know now now i've acclimated where it's nothing for us to you know, I won't pick my bow up for 130 inch deer because I know what's there and what what the Midwest grows that the mountains of North Carolina just doesn't produce. You know, uh, year in and year out, you may have a fluke, you know, 160 inch deer killed out of um, the you know Western North Carolina, but it's it's a fluke and it's one <laughs> a year. You know, so yeah, is uh, North Carolina a dog running state? Uh, down down towards the East Coast, it's a big thing, but. Western North Carolina, it's it's not. Uh, See, I grew up doing that in Virginia. People hate on it. I mean, I grew up hunting tree stands and everything, and then I lived out there for six, eight years, and just during shotgun season, we'd run dogs with a hunting club, and then we'd have free range for bow and muzzleloader, which was nice. Sure, yeah. And, and it's just a different style of hunting. You know, I have nothing against it. It's not my cup of tea, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would rather. I definitely don't want it in the Midwest, but it was fun while I did it when I was a kid growing up. For sure, for sure, and putting a you know doing a a, a spot and stalk on you know a mule deer mule deer out west or a, an elk out west is maybe somebody else's you know not somebody else's cup of tea. So it's all just you know yep. relative to the person, but um, but yeah, I, that's how I got started in it, man. And I just became more and more passionate, and and then 
I mean, I've almost bankrupt my family a half a dozen times due to it. Um, oh, you're telling me, man. <laughs> between wanting to take trips that are outside of my budget all the way to, you know, buying gear that's probably outside of my budget and unnecessary. But uh, there's not much Sika that I don't own. And now I've branched out into some Kuyu stuff and First Light stuff. And, and you know, and I'm trying to figure out a way to justify it to my wife. And I've... Uh, <laughs> kind of come to the realization that it's not going to happen she's not going to understand she's just going to have to cope with it and i'll have to cut back and find some ground and and uh you know keep plugging forward <laughs> yeah we just got back from our first uh out-of-state turkey hunt in kentucky and we had a struggle brother it was the most tough turkey i've ever been on we went for saturday sunday and monday and we didn't see one gobbler no way yeah, I mean, we talked to a bunch of dudes on these public lands, and we ended up getting uh, two private pieces throughout the weekend and stuff. We hunted those, and birds just were a little vocal on the limb, but right when they got off the limb, they shut up. Yeah, yeah, man, they, they can be tough, man. Uh, I, I ran into a gentleman um, the week before season came in, and I was asked, I thought he was, I knew he was a hunter. I didn't know he was not a turkey hunter. And so we're on a job site, and um, he says, are you, I said, are you excited for turkey season? He says, uh, oh, man, I'm not going to waste no time killing those stupid birds. Yeah. Stupid. Hold on just a second. I said, i tell you what, the beautiful state of North Carolina gives you two tags and 30 days to kill them. You go kill me two stupid birds if they're that if they're that easy to kill and that dumb. Oh, man, you can – if you listen back on the podcast, I was very confident. I thought we were going to put a Kentucky down bird down for sure and – Gave me a rude awakening these gobblers did, man. I got, got gained more respect for them this weekend. Yeah, it can be humbling. <laughs> they can humble a man in a minute. Yep, I got buddies that are real good turkey hunters, and they were all struggling. One buddy shot one this morning. He shot at Jake, and he's the first person that I know that got one on public. Because, like, on this Kentucky public, I think by Saturday, like midday, 37 throughout the whole state, which is crazy. Wow, that is crazy. You would you would think it'd be a lot higher now. I mean, I know turkey numbers are down in general, but ooh, you know this is uh, that <laughs> that's painful. Yeah, I mean, you just didn't even see them like where we're hunting. I mean, there's ag fields everywhere, and you're lucky to see a hen in the field. I don't know. It was just it was pretty cold weather, and then getting towards the end of it, it was super rainy. So this weekend it's heating up, and I think the turkey's gonna heat up right with it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it man. It'll get fired up. It's, it's kind of like deer season, man. Deer only have a few days a year mm-hmm. where they act stupid, right? Yep. If you're lucky, you might catch a three- or four-day window. Really, when you're hunting the rut, you're just trying to land within that three- or four-day window where yep. your target buck is going to act a fool. And I feel like – I could be wrong. This is just a personal opinion, but I feel like turkeys are the same way. Like, I find three or four days within the season where he's just going to play ball that day. Yep. Yep, I'm starting to believe that more, too. Like, I have a lot of knowledge on deer, and I just – I'm trying to get that more knowledge on turkey. That's why I'm doing these podcasts and getting out of there out of state and doing all these different things to try to learn them because I definitely thought turkey hunting was easier, hunting these private pieces where you you know your turkey's a little better. Diff- definitely a different ball game to go chase them on public land. Yeah, yeah, and and, and an elk is the same way, man. I mean, as far as, like, a turkey, some days the elk will just bugle their heads off, and then some days you'll – um, you know, the, the very next day, not even some days, the very next day, they're just tight lipped and, you know, not a peep from anything. And so turkeys are very 
similar to elk in that manner. Uh, the little bit of experience is only been hunting elk for three years and uh, this is my fourth year. And so um, it, I've definitely realized that they are very similar when it comes to that. And when you find one that wants to play ball, he'll just, and it's his day to read the script. He will read the script and do exactly what you want him to do. Yep. And that's what we all, as hunters, that's what we all dream for, man, and live for and hope for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it, was, if it was easy to go out there and kill them, I mean, it would be called killing them, not hunting. That's right. That's exactly right, man. So it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely a passion of mine, and, and uh, I wish there was more money in the industry. And, yep. Yeah, you know, agreed to that. I'm sure that's what most of American hunters, outdoorsmen uh, think, but it was uh, – it's definitely been cool though having this harvest it's been cool like at all the people in the in in, in the industry that you look up to and idolize and you know i'm kind of like fanboy now over here when meat eater uh like reached out and did an article on me and like field and stream and yeah hey, meat eater's on it man meat eater is almost always one of the first on the scene oh yeah yeah sick was the first email and okay I, and you, you're a big sick guy so i bet that was awesome yeah. Oh man. I was just like starstruck for a moment, you know? And mm-hmm. So they had emailed me just some really kind words saying, congratulations on your success. We hope you meet more success. And you know, it broke my heart because I own everything Sika makes just about everything. Yeah. And like I said, I've, I've all but refinanced my house to, to make it happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, uh, and man, if I wasn't wearing in the picture, it's silly. Like, looking back it's always 2020 but um i'm in the picture i'm wearing like a ten dollar real tree hoodie which is nothing wrong with that ten dollar real tree hoodie man i'm all about it I've, yep. been, I've been wearing that one on and off since i was like 18 years old so yep. and i that's the one piece that i had on man a ten dollar hoodie when i have thousands of dollars of sicker gear and yeah, that's one thing I'm trying to get better about is like taking pictures after I harvest even with my deer because you think you take pictures and then you go back and you're like, damn, I should have took more pictures, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can kick your own butt pretty quick on that. You know, which especially with this bird, man, I, I feel like I missed a great opportunity, but it's okay because I didn't harvest it for any sort of opportunity. I just simply harvested it for the fact that it was a personal goal. You know, I didn't realize this bird. I knew it was rare, but to be frank, man, I did not realize it was as rare as it was, and I didn't know the whole country was going to fall in love with it. Yep, uh, like I've seen people kill like the like the hybrids, I guess you call them, where it's a farm raised, and then yeah. it goes, and it, it's kind of got that yellowy color or the smoke phase, where you know what I'm talking about when I say that, right? Yeah, yeah, and then I saw yours, and I was like, wow, I was like, not even because he ain't no Jake, he ain't no young little albino turkey he's a straight stud bro yeah he was man and i i didn't he was actually he pictured well he wasn't as far as you know per weight he was not the biggest bird i'd ever shot but he i mean he was a good sized bird but he um i was shocked that he was a little bit smaller by weight than what i uh kind of expected but he pictured very well thank god um but because I knew his age, I really kind of expected him deep in the twenties, and mm-hmm. I, I I doubt he would, I doubt he would even you know probably make eighteen or something like that. But um, we're gonna, we're gonna do a full body mount on on that bird and um, oh yeah, 
get him in full strut to try to bring out all the size of him. And that was the way I'd first seen him anyway. Okay. So Yeah, so let, let's dive into that. All right. So I, I believe it was 2019, correct? Or was yeah. it earlier? No, no. 20, 20, he want me to take you from the very top? <laughs> yeah, man. Let's. I want to hear the whole story. All right, cool. So uh, from the very top, I was deer hunting in 2019. What state at, is it? Uh, North Carolina. Okay. And, um, Burke County, North Carolina, and um, which is western, on my dad's property. And he's got a – the neighboring property is only about 100 acres, but it's really good. And then he's only got about 10 acres, and um, he's got some apple trees and stuff on it. So we always deer hunt, always have pretty good success off of it because of that neighboring property. Well, we're hunting, and it's right at dark, and I'm on high alert. You know, it's the it's – the, uh, power hour of yeah, the, that golden hour golden hour man i'm just really dialed in on high alert and i see this flock of birds and i keep seeing like bits and pieces of this white animal at this time in inside this flock and i'm like man what is that and i'm glassing them glassing them and um i finally right he, he finally kind of was exposed outside of the flock right before they flew up and i got good eyes on him and i was like oh man that's a that, that's a turkey that's an albino turkey you know and mm-hmm. so i run trail camera there all year every year and so i'd never seen him on camera i'd seen a bunch of birds on camera whatever whatever and so i ended up getting that bird on camera that fall in 2019 and then coming into 2020 the spring of 2020 season i am like over the moon excited to try to how, old, how old do you think he was in 2019 best so so the picture the first picture i ever got and i have dug and dug and dug on my iCloud the last week and a half trying to find this bird uh in 2000 find that picture of him in 2019 he had about a six inch beard so i'm going to guess he's a two-year-old at this moment okay yeah 19 that's just my guess i'm i'm not a biologist i don't know if they can throw six inches off in a year yeah, see, I don't know a whole lot about like turkey size and stuff, so I'm glad to hear. It. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that was in 2019, coming into the spring of 2020. I'd got maybe like one other picture throughout the winter, and April come comes, and I hunt him pretty hard. I had a lot going on that that spring uh, with work, and so I hunted him pretty hard. And never had an encounter. I think I harvested a bird. I can't I can't remember if I harvested one in nineteen or not. I mean in twenty or not. But um and then I just kind of almost forgot about him, you know, like oh mm-hmm. that, that that was cool, you know, just in the back of my mind. Well, coming into the fall of twenty twenty, I'd seen him again and was like, oh my gosh, he made it! Like, what's the odds? Because the property that he that he was on, the field that he's actually um, coming in and out of a lot, was um, it's kind of exposed to the road. So I thought, yeah. oh, he's he's getting poached for sure. And say, albino turkeys stick out like a turd in a punch bowl, man. They do, man. And I mean, to predators, to humans, to I mean, every day of their life, they're a sore thumb. So I was crazy stoked coming into the spring and I'd had another couple pictures of him in 20 um 20 
Actually, I got some really cool pictures I found a couple nights ago of him in the snow gobbling. Really? Mid-March, yeah, with a whole bunch of other long beards. Like, cool, cool pictures, man. I was stoked about those. But uh, just because I knew I had them, I was just trying to find them, you know? Yeah, um, oh, yeah. We, I'm sure you're like me, man. Run truck cameras all the time, taking pictures all the time. It's hard to find the one you want. That's it. That's it. And, um, and I, little did I – know that he was going to bring this kind of exposure and that would be a desired picture i was just kind of throwing them in the you know back of my mind and so trying to dig that up in the last few days has been tough but anyways uh so i got those pictures and now we're coming into the spring of 21 okay and mm-hmm. because I got eyes back on him in the fall of 20 coming into the spring of 21 i am crazy pumped and i've told a couple people about him you know and i've showed a couple pictures about this point and my brothers and my dad are all excited for me. Opening season comes in. I hunt nothing. I see a couple birds. Well, deep into the season, I got off work early one day and thought I'm just going to run over there and just try to do an evening hunt. And at this point, man, this might have been like my second or third evening attempt ever on a turkey. Yeah. And – so I go in and as I'm walking, I, I hear some like some pucking and I just sat down and I seen some birds and I, I caught a glimpse of him that full white, you can't miss him. And yeah. I caught them and he had actually already picked me up before I seen him and it just I, I you know, I I blew it. I bet he was smarter than the average tur- turkey being white and having everything and always looking at him. I bet on average, I bet he was very, very smart. Uh, I I would imagine so, man, to, to make it the time frame, you know, that he did. I'm, yeah. How he made it through being a pole, being a young chick, man, that's crazy. That is crazy, man. I mean, you're talking about the most vulnerable six, eight months of his life. Wow. He learned mm-hmm. a lot in that six months. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to think as like a fox, coyote, bobcat, quail, or not quail, uh, owl. Some hawks, yep. like anything could have picked him off. Yep, yep. He probably laid low. He probably has a bunker built somewhere, man, for the first year. <laughs> yeah, let <laughs> me say something, man. It makes you think that, that maybe more of them albinos are born and then they just get taken out that first six months. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine so, man. But, uh, yeah, you're on him in 2021. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, 2021, I blew my chance at him. Season ended. That was the only encounter I'd had with that bird. And I thought, I was really just at this moment, I was just grateful for that experience, you know, that encounter and that experience. It's like, oh, man, that was so cool. I actually seen him with my eyes, with a gun in my hand. Like, everything was legit. I just didn't get to capitalize. So, I'm kind of like, but, but I'm grateful for at the same time, you know. Do you ever get any, like, footage of him? No, no, never got any footage of him. And so, twenty, the last day of twenty uh, twenty, no, I'm sorry, uh, twenty twenty one, last day of twenty twenty one, I ended up calling a bird in. It wasn't him, and I went ahead and, and shot a really, really nice bird, but um, it still just wasn't him, you know. So I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. you know, I'm excited, but um, especially because it was last day and it was like an hour never thing. Um, oh yeah. Like it's hard not to pull the trigger last day. Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to, man. So, uh, fall of 21, I didn't get to hunt. I had a baby um, last summer, and so that took a little more of my time. 
and I didn't get to hunt my dad's property much because of my out-of-state trips. And yeah. so my, my brothers were hunting, my dad was hunting, and they called me. I believe I was in Ohio. And um, so they called me, and they're like, man, you're not going to believe what we just saw. I'm like, hoping that they seen like a big buck, you know, and they're like, man, we seen that albino turkey. I about come unglued because <laughs> I'm like, man, what's the chances of him making it a whole nother year? Like, dude, he is, he's invincible. Cause can you guys hunt turkeys in the fall in North Carolina? We cannot, unfortunately. Really? Yep. I don't, I'm saying I don't do a whole lot of studying on it, but I figured most states you're allowed to. No, no. Ohio, you can. So normally we try to harvest one in Ohio while we're deer hunting. Up mm-hmm. there tag out we'll spend a couple days chasing turkeys but um but no not north carolina man we just have a spring turkey season you only allow two um males and and obviously no female no hens um but i became totally obsessed and if you're a hunter and you've pursued animals and you've pursued like a targeted animal you understand what this obsession how it can manifest and what it can turn into uh, some sleepless nights, looking at pictures, probably looking at Onyx, like, where is this bird staying at? Yeah, man, driving, you know, 25 miles over there, probably 20 miles over there, to just to try to roost them, you know, like, yep. trying to catch it just right before dark, driving my wife nuts. She's she's more excited that I killed it than I am because she, now she don't have to listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She, she thought she wasn't going to have to listen to it, but now I'm like, Sorry, honey. I've got to do this podcast. Oh, my gosh. You're not going to believe who just messaged. You know, so now I'm talking about you. And everywhere she goes, people are stopping me saying, hey, man, congratulations. And now she's she's really over it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. That's part of it, man. Yeah, for sure. One of these days, I'm going to shoot something crazy, and my girlfriend's going to go through the same shit. Luckily, she's pretty supportive, but it still gets to her, even if she doesn't show it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But so, um, coming into this season, like I said, I'm driving everybody I know crazy talking about this bird, and I've made I made my mind up. Like I'm not harvesting any other animal outside of him on that. I mean, any other turkey outside of him on that property this year because I've got other properties I can hunt. If things get bad, I can and I start you know not seeing him or whatever. I can go ahead and. Um, harvest off another property without putting too much pressure on my dad's property because like I said it's only 10 acres man I just I want to keep it as I want to get in and out as seamless as possible not educate these birds yeah what does these uh what does the prop what does your dad's property look like is it like wooded is it ag fields I know you said having the neighbors uh around it is cool too just like give me a kind of a description on like what the land looks like sure sure so um everything out here is rolling and moving so with okay. him um and we've got my dad's probably got like five or six acres of timber some hardwoods oaks and then he's got um probably about four or five acres that he keeps manicured him well pro- no, probably two or three acres that he keeps manicured himself around his house and uh going out to his garden he's got animals and and like a little hobby farm yep. and then the back of the property is um is kind of fielded and he normally does a relatively good sized garden and what he never harvests much out of it just due to the deer and wildlife kind of ravishes that garden every year. Oh yeah, I guarantee it. But the, then there's like a wood, like a hedgerow 
uh, wood line between my dad's property and the neighbor's property, which is about a 40 acre field. It's 133 acres total, but it's a 40 acre ag field. And though it's a swap ag, so they'll do uh, corn, soybeans um, mm-hmm. back and forth. And, but we've got a couple deer stands on that woodrow. And when these deer come and go out of that, out of my dad's property, we're able to harvest them. And so, which is exactly what happened with this turkey. And uh, I have to give credit. The, the only thing I can make in my mind is that bird was my dad had tilled the, his garden like on Thursday before deer season. And I'm, I'm, I think that those turkeys were coming across that hedgerow to maybe scratch around in that fresh yep. ground. I, I've noticed that when I till up my ground, the turkeys are always in it. Yeah. Even if it's just looking for the bugs or cause usually around until I'm spreading seed too. But yep. yeah, well, if you till up that ground, even on them big ag fields, man, you better, Better be watching out for turkey because they're going to be in there. Yep, that's it, man. That's it. So, uh, so leading up to opening day, man, I'm I'm out of my mind, excited. I hom- almost don't sleep. I wake up early. I get all I mean, all my stuffs together, and all my ducks are in a row. And I go out there, and I just park at my you know, well, just probably I drive away through my dad's driveway into kind of into that backfield, and yeah. um. I hop out, walk up to the wood the wood line, and just listen. And I hear, I don't know, probably half a dozen birds gobble. And they're all, like, really condensed and packed up. And I'd roosted them the night before. And so I'd seen them out in the field the night before and just glassed them. And so I knew pretty close to where they were going to be. And so I – and they were just right on that hedgerow, but they were on the other end from where the deer stand was, which I was in the deer stand glassing them the mm-hmm. evening before. Well, sure enough, they gobble right where I'd last seen them within a hundred yards. And I get as close as I can get. And due to the property being small, it's really, it, I mean, I'm like right really close to the property line. And so I'm sitting there. I'm totally stoked out of my mind. And, I can hear like some hens clucking in, in the tree and everything's still up on roost at this point. It's like six forty five, six fifty. Everything's nice and blue out. And the, everything's come to life. And do you have any decoys out? Nope. No decoys. I'm actually, I'm actually standing at this point because I haven't decided to make my last, where I'm going to make my last move yet because okay. I'm property. And actually still standing, just leaning up against a, uh, a, relatively big pine tree and um and i'm listening to them gobbling they're probably like 60 or 80 yards out probably 80 yards and then i just do a fly down cackle on my slate and i just beat my hat on the ground and 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 when i did that i just stayed squatted down well it wasn't 30 seconds and i hear something behind me just coming through the leaves and i was like oh man that bird has already there was one already on the ground and he's coming And so I look over my right shoulder, and sure enough, man, here come that female coyote, and she was maybe 20 yards in closing, and she was coming quick. I forgot about that coyote. Hell yeah. Yeah, so, dude, she's coming to pick me up for for an early morning breakfast. And so she passes my tree behind me. I had perfect wind. And when she passes the tree behind me, I spun with my shotgun over my left shoulder and I'm right-handed. So it worked out great. And the first shot was maybe like 
10 yards or so. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she was right on me. And, um, and then that kind of, but she, when I'd spun, she had started to take off and I shot and I hit her in the back hip and spun her. And as soon as she spun around, I shot, um, shot her again on the opposite side and boom, she expired immediately. Hit her with that double tap, baby. And that double tap. <laughs> I only got, <laughs> only got three shells in a shotgun. So on that second shot, the blast of my gun, there was a turkey gobbled on the ground about 40 yards away, 30 or 40 yards away. Gobbled off your shot? Gobbled off of my shot. My heart. That's crazy. I'm like, no, man, surely not. So I've only got one shot. I'm sitting there. I've got a dead Cody. The echo hasn't even stopped through the hollers. And (laughs) there's a turkey goblin on the ground 40 yards from me. And so I didn't say nothing. didn't move. I just sat there. Ended up grabbing the Cody, dragging it back kind of towards my uh, G, towards my car and dropping it off, just trying to recalibrate my, my mind and figure out, okay, what's my next move? And do I stay persistent? Do I call it off? What, you know, what do I do? And, and this is all right there at that first light, that blue light. Oh, it's go time. Yeah. Yep. Everything's coming to life. It's a nice, cold, crisp morning. And I mean, they were on fire before they come out of the tree. So, I knew I had birds all over me. I mean, it's everything a turkey hunter wants, except for I had to make a decision. Do I save turkey lives or, you know, or do I try to just harvest that one bird and stay focused? But yeah, it's hard not to shoot them coyotes, man. Yeah. Anytime you get a chance, man, I say, I say pull the trigger on. I'm a big advocate for it. But, uh, so I did, you know, you gotta live what you preach sometimes. And, uh, I, I went ahead and shot that coyote. Um, and so as I'm trying to recalibrate my morning and figure out, okay, what, what I do, I tell myself, okay, Troy, you only got one shell in your shotgun and I'm just shooting like two and three quarter inch Remington nitros out of Mm -hmm. a Stoger 12 gauge. And, um, I'm like, okay, you're not going to make a fullest shot on this bird and you're only here for one bird. So just. You're not going to need more than one shot. Just use that one shot wisely. It's kind of how I'm coaching myself through this. Yep. And so I'm like, okay, let's stay persistent. Let's let's get in here and let's make it happen. So I hunt out the rest of the morning. I, I'm texting, you know, my buddies and I, hey, man, I just shot a coyote. And they're like, damn, that sucks, dude. We're so sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they know how passionate I am. And, you know, driven, I've been to kill this uh, white turkey. So, so after you shot, did uh, you hear him fly off the roost? Nope, nope, never heard any, any fly off. I heard one fly off right before I shot, but I was in the midst of trying to shoot. So it was all just within, I mean, literal seconds, probably 10, 15 seconds. I hear a bird fly down. There's a coyote coming up. I, so I spin and shoot, boom, boom, one gobbles, boom. And then everything goes silent for the rest of the day. Until I really? shot goes off, nothing else. There's not another sound anywhere. And so I called, you know, periodically on and off throughout the morning and into all the way into midday. I had T-ball game that, that day that I'm coaching for my son. And so I stand up, throw in the towel. I'm like, I'll just try them again tomorrow, you know, just yeah. – Kind of throwing he got, it. He out. got me today. That's right, man. And I'm 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 defeated mentally on this uh 
you know, because I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, you were, you thought you were right there in him, right in the in the, the hot spot, and then a damn coyote. But hey, it, it's a good thing you took him out because who knows what he would have did throughout his lifetime. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, I stand up out of my spot, and I just had like a little skirt ground blind around me. Yeah, and a couple decoys out. So I stand up and I pack all my stuff up real quiet and easy, and I. When I stand up, I can see in. Once I stand up, I can see into that field through that hedgerow. The neighbor into that ag field. Yeah, yep, into that ag field. And right now, it's it's just like planted in like rye or something, um, like a winter winter wheat maybe. Um, but I seen just like the top eight inches. And so, when it's your time to harvest and your stars align, there's almost nothing you can do to mess it up yeah I, I swear man sometimes it's like that it and it was just my time to harvest that bird and there was nothing i could do to, about stop it because i stand up at the very perfect moment three four seconds later that bird would have been over that knoll his head would have been over that knoll and he would have seen me as quick as i stood up so I pack everything up. I stand up. I see about eight inches of his fan, and I knew exactly who he was, obviously. So I hit the ground. I shed my vest, and me and the shotgun go to try to get in position. And I've got a binocular harness on my Sitka, obviously. (laughs) Binocular harness on. So I'm able to pull my laying prone, pull my binoculars out, and glass this bird well. It took me probably 15 minutes, which is an eternity, um, to figure out which way he was going. Because for the first little bit, I could just see his fan. And being that he was wide, I couldn't tell if he was walking away or coming towards me. Mm -hmm. And so he was back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, as turkeys strut, they kind of like pivot and almost oscillate around and as they show off. And they'll take a couple steps to the left and then a couple steps to the right. And if you've, if you ever sit and watch turkeys strut around, they'll do that a lot of times. Oh yeah. And with him, I see some other fans starting to appear around it, strutting with it. And so, and then I hear some hens clucking them and the hens are really, really close to me. They're just about 40 yards up the wood line. And, but I'm in great position to be able to lay on my belly and, and make a, some slow moves. So over the next 30 minutes, I'm moving my shotgun up a foot, two foot, whatever I can reach, and then dragging my body and then reaching up and dragging my body. Man, that's painful. Um, are you crawling through the woods or are you crawling through that field still? Right on the edge of that wood line. So I'm like, okay. I'm grass, but I'm kind of right on the edge of like some briar, briars and just some, just some thick undergrowth. Okay. And, this bird, I think the best I can tell, he's kind of parallel, walking parallel with me in the field, but he looks like he's angled just enough to be able to come in towards my dad's garden. And I'm just slowly but surely, and as I get into position, I see a couple other other birds with him, and they they come through that hedgerow, and I knew, okay, this is what they're doing. And so, as soon as he come. As soon as that white bird come through, it, he was now kind of in line with me, starting to walk away. So it was like a now or never moment yeah. because of him being so um, 
you know, so far I was like, man, I'm not real confident with this shot, but I'm going to go ahead and send it down range. So when I touched the trigger, man, he flopped and hit the ground. And I was like, finally it's over, you know? And then as soon as I thought that, boom, he takes flight, goes straight up about six, eight feet, and then coasts back down to the ground. Well, as soon as he hits the ground, the other toms, they sense or notice his he's wounded because everything kind of just jumps back for a second when I blast, but nothing runs off because they're still kind of in confusion mode. Well, they see that this white Tom is wounded and they just start chasing him, trying to flog him. And he's running from them. Well, as he's running from them, he just runs as fast as he can and kind of breaks away from them. But he's like running and falling, running and falling. And he gets away from them and he comes and he runs and just dumb luck would have it. He ran and he laid down directly in front of me in the thickest little briar patch with one log separating him and I. And he laid there looking directly away from me, had no clue I was in the world. And I was laying there with a shotgun with no shells. Oh, shit. And I'm, I mean, I'm overwhelmed with like. Oh, your adrenaline must have been fired up. Yeah, man, I'm so, I'm almost exhausted at this point because I'm like, man, how many times is it going to take? Like, what's it going to take for me to kill this thing? And so I finally just make a decision. I'm, he kind of is doing like some coughing. He's he's having like these coughing fits uh, because once I skin it, uh, you know, once I examined him, I realized he would have died. It just wasn't in a timely fashion like you, like every hunter desires to kill. Yeah. How far was he when he was laying in that brush? From he, he was eight steps from where oh, my shit. belly print was. So I was able, when he was watching those other birds, he was going in like these like two or three second little coffin fits and he's shaking his head. So I knew he wouldn't be real aware of me. So I stood up or I got up on my knees and kind of like a athletic position, like a runner's position. And yep. whenever he went into a coffin fit, I took off running at him and I jumped that little log. And when I jumped that log, I two steps, two more steps. And he seen me when I jumped that log and he got up and, and he got about two good full strides in before I was able to parallel run up right beside him, snatch him with my left hand around the neck. And as I switched, like slung him around to and switched hands to my right hand, got a better grip with my right hand. I immediately just did a cartwheel with his body and I felt his neck break and he hit the ground flopped for two or three seconds and was that, and that was it. And I hit the ground and just sat there so much emotion ran over me. Troy, it sounds like you should have been a, a linebacker, man. You hit that turkey like Ray Lewis jumping over the line, sound like, bro. <laughs> Dude, hey, it, it was one of those things like it's now or never, and I'm going to put it all on the line. I'll probably – I might pinch a sciatic nerve over this, but it's going to be worth it. Uh, dude, I've had that thought too about shoot a bucky come running at me. Like, if, I'm going to do what I'm going to have to do. I'll tackle that big son of a bitch or whatever. That's right. That's right, man. And just luckily, he wasn't able to get away. I mean, I'd I'd full committed. So if he if I wouldn't have grabbed him, I would have chased him until he stopped running, because I knew he couldn't fly. Yep. Hey, turkeys are fast, man. People, I've had people talk about, oh, you could 
run up and catch a turkey. I'm like, you ain't never seen a turkey ran, man. He's saying bull ain't got shit on a tom. <laughs> that's right. They are fast, man. So that is awesome. Honestly, that's probably that's one of the coolest turkey stories I've ever heard. Jumping over the log, watching them fly off, then turkeys chasing them. God, I couldn't even imagine how hard how hard your heart was beating. Oh man, it was pounding. I mean, it was pounding over the coyote. Anytime you get that close to the predator, that in itself is exciting. And man, that and then I, and then to have all that experience with the and encounter those turkeys and the way it all played out. Man, you know, my wife tells the story that I was crying when I called her. You know, she's the first person I call when I when I harvest something. But you know, I I like to think it was more of uh, just a overwhelmed with emotion. Yeah, uh, well, that's how I am, man. It's like kind of happy tears, just like your adrenaline's pumping, all your nerves are going. It's just like it's hard not to like kind of sound like you're crying just because you're so damn excited and fired up. That's it, man. And it was. It was such a journey too with that bird and with this harvest. It was such a exhausting journey. Hey, that's a long that's a long journey for a turkey, man. I don't know anybody that has four years of history with a single turkey because usually you can't really tell, you know. That's right. That's right. And and for, for and if he wouldn't have been obviously if he wouldn't have been white, there's no way I would have been able to tell any difference. Um, so that was. That was a grateful the, the amount of feelings, man. Just gratitude would probably trump them all, man. Just to be able to sit there beside a, a bird you've been in pursuit of or any animal, but a bird for me in this uh, circumstance was that you've been in pursuit of for year in and year out for you know three consecutive years, and that you know he's three. I mean, you know he's four years old. Um, Man. Yeah, I'm I'm a big believer in it. Like the people that actually do it right, put in the time, like don't cut corners and do the what things the way you're supposed to. It might not happen that year, but you are gonna get like fulfilled for your like your gratitude of what you've been doing for these animals. Like those people that been poaching and stuff, yeah, they're gonna poach a deer. But if you're doing everything by the book how you're supposed to and just have an actual appreciation for these animals and stuff, I'm a big believer in good things will come to you. Oh, for sure, man. And and you have to enjoy the process. I was trying to tell some, some guys this the other day. You have to enjoy the process. It's, it's, I mean, I don't, I've had way, way, way more unsuccessful turkey hunts than I have successful, right? Oh, yeah. And so I enjoy those just as much as the successful ones. So and when, and when you enjoy the good, bad, and the ugly of hunting, then your success is coming. But when you yep. just go out there and just kill a 150-inch deer or a four-year-old mature tom or whatever, you know, but that's that's not the way the reality is. Yep, like us chasing them birds this weekend, like we had the most rough weekend chasing these birds if I've ever had turkey hunting. And then me and Dylan, the guy from the White Tail Bloodline that I was with, we both even said that, like, dude, even though it's been a terrible actual turkey hunting week or weekend, we both still had a blast, man. There's no other place I'd rather be. Even though we're not on them, just great to be out there and learning because it's like it's definitely a learning curve. You can't just go out there and be good at it. You gotta do some trial and error. That's it, man. That's exactly right. And and, and be grateful for all of it, you know, and, and enjoy all of it and do it with people you enjoy being with and and who are equally as passionate, you know. So Yep. It was uh it was crazy. Like I said, I, I knew that that bird was special to me, but I thought he was only special to me. 
when I made the post on social media the following night, or maybe it was like two nights later, because I, I, I typically, it took me like six months to, not six months, probably like three months to post a picture of my deer because you get this sense of excitement when you post and people start commenting and liking and blah, blah, blah. And you get that social media high, right? Yep. But then there's a natural high that comes from the experience. And so, uh, yep, I agree with that. So for me, I try to separate those two. Me and my friends talk about it quite often. We try to separate those two and get, let the natural high wear off before you tamper that with the unnatural social media high that comes from it. So I like that. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm one of them people that post a picture pretty quick, but I like that. I've never put it in perspective like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, but and, and everybody wants to jump on there and share their story, their experience, or whatever. But for me, I've I've realized, okay, wait, am I posting this picture of the bear that I've harvested with a bow or a deer because I'm like bragging slightly, or am I truly doing it because or trying to stay on a high, or am I doing it just because I'm wanting to share? So I I always try to let that first high wear off because that's really the the organic high, the authentic yeah. high. That's how, it, it, that's how it was when we grew up. Like, you couldn't really post the pictures, man. You had to drive around, show people your big bucks, show them your big gobbler, and get the word of mouth. That's one of my favorite things, man. You drive up, you shoot a buck, and you go show your dad, or you go show your girlfriend, your buddies, and just that firsthand experience of people looking at it and that camaraderie. That's what it's all about for me, man, is all that camaraderie that comes with hunting. It is. It absolutely is, man. And, and, Thank God my dad was there and able to take the pictures and, and share that ex, that time with him and that memory with him. And uh, he he's uh, not a, the biggest turkey hunter, but he, he knows how hard I've been after that bird. And every time, even though he could care less, every time I get a picture of him or anything, I'm sending it to him or texting him and like, hey, you know, whatever. So Yeah, that had to be cool for him too. His son shooting it once in a lifetime, once in – many lifetimes bird on his actual property which that's awesome yeah for sure and like, like i said at the time i just posted the picture on social media and the story just due to i've got friends and family and acquaintances all over the country that i've been able to go and hunt and fish with and um uh, and and some of them's you know like i said family that know i'm passionate about it so to be able to pick the phone up and tell everybody that hey i've just killed the bird i've been after for four years was hard so i was like well i'll just make a facebook post and and send it and and i was i did it way sooner for some reason because I, like i said at this time he's only special to me the whole yeah. world doesn't know i've killed him the whole world doesn't i really don't even realize how rare he is i thought people yeah. killed white turkeys all the time and come to find out as soon as i posted it i went to bed i did it like midnight went to bed when i woke up the next morning brother my whole freaking world had flipped upside down yeah and i remember i don't think it was you i don't think i saw your picture first i think i saw somebody else post it and they tagged you and then that's when i clicked on you but after that first post that first day man i couldn't tell you how many accounts i saw it on oh it's it's been crazy i've got friends all over the country like dude this is going viral i'm like yeah man it's and then it like i said 24 hours later sick had reached out and then four hours after that meat eaters right on top of it and so i do the interview with them and get the get that article all uh published and then field and stream and buck masters and mojo buck and uh ontario outdoors 
in Canada just did a write up today um, about it. And just, it's been really cool, man. That, that experience has been, um, you know, it's been, it's been something that I'm not familiar with, but it's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed the heck out of it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, that's awesome. Man. That's what it's about. People sharing. And honestly, I think like the hunt community, they're getting better. They kind of, they're for a year or two, a couple of years, people were kind of down in people and for whatever reason, instantly saying, Oh, that's a trophy deer. That's a high fence deer. But I believe it's getting better, man. People are just starting to realize like people are going to hunt their way. Not everybody's going to hunt the same. You just got to do what you got to do. If it's legal, man, just, just do it. Get out there, enjoy the good outdoors and get off the damn couch. Yep. That's exactly right, man. I don't, you know, I don't care if you're a hunter or not a hunter or if you're a hiker or a kayaker, just get out there and enjoy the outdoors, man. We are not built to be inside all the time. We know outside and enjoying it. And, and so, uh, you know, when I woke up the next morning, man, everything was going viral and then everybody started reaching out. And, and, and so that, that was cool. But my wife, she says, um, she, she's, she's, she's kind of kindly annoyed because like I said, I'm always talking about, you know, the people who now have reached out and, and acquired about, inquired about it. And yeah. so she's slightly annoyed from that, but it's, she says, you're loving all this attention. I said, well, <laughs> yes, ma'am. I am. Yeah. 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 I'm not going to lie, you know, about it. I have enjoyed it, but I certainly didn't harvest the animal for that because, I had no idea it was going to go like this. So let's get on the bird. Like, uh, how long was his beard? 11 and a half inches. That's a damn good beard, man. It's bigger than any turkey I've ever killed. Yeah, big, biggest beard I've ever killed with. Um, and then he had like an inch and a quarter spurs, which I've killed one bird with bigger spurs. And I was going to. Great spurs. That's some tree hangers right there, son. Yeah, yeah, man. And I, I'd killed a really big bird a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh, he was like 26 pounds, had an inch and a, uh, three-quarter spurs. I mean, he was a slammer. Goodness I, gracious. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, I'm full-body mounting this bird. Well, then, little did I know, I haven't got him full-body mounted yet. He's still in the freezer, and I killed this bird. Now I'm like, well, so much for having that, because the wife of the <laughs> I have two full-body mounts. <laughs> yep. That's but, going to be such an awesome mount, man. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah, I am too, man. And, and what uh, kind of style did you say you were doing with him? I'm going to do a uh, full body mount, um, and it's going to be a, like a standing strut, full strut. Um, and he, I think I'm going to do him. It's not, it, it's got a name. It's not a pedestal, but it's kind of like a just a little box that they build mm-hmm. the floor, and he'll yep. he'll just stand on the floor, probably in like a. I might, I might make a little stand for him since I've got a newborn or, you know, one-year-old, he's starting to get into everything. And Oh yeah. I got a bunch of nieces and nephews and they'll get into whatever, man. Yeah. And if he, if he, if I come into the house and he's chewed the feathers off my white turkey, <laughs> you find, him on, uh, find him on Facebook marketplace for sale. Too good. Yeah, I swear to God, but yeah, dude, that's going to be awesome, man. And, did you uh, you already have a taxidermist you've been going to, or did you look around? You said this was such a unique and awesome mount that you wanted to preserve. Did you look around, or did you already have a guy? No, um, never had a turkey mount. I've always just did fa- uh, like tail uh, or fan mounts myself, because mm-hmm. um, they're relatively easy. But I just made a couple phone calls, and both the 
two people that I called both recommended this same guy. He was about an hour from me and I just drove him straight there and come to find out he's like one of the best. I mean, he, he only does turkeys and, um, we talked for about an hour or so, uh, and at it, within that hour, he had like six or eight birds dropped off that. Wow. Uh, and so you, I'm, you, you can give him a shout out if you want to, man. Yeah. Uh, John Miller. Um, I'm not even sure of his, his business name. Um, John Miller, I think it's a uh, nature, nature's creations taxidermy out of four city or no, I'm sorry, Morganton. It's right, right beside four city, but, um, Morganton, North Carolina, man, okay. he's, uh, from what I can tell of his work, he showed me a thousand turkeys that he's done. And, um, man, he's, he's fire. He's going to do some great work. So I'm yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. Like, especially if he's only doing turkeys, he's, he's good. Gotta be good. If you're specializing in turkeys. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he done like 85 or something like that last year. Yeah, that's and, good. And so, is, is North, North Carolina is a pretty big turkey state, correct? Look, North Carolina is the only thing we have going for us. Because I was listening to some like uh, some of them NWTF and stuff that they're going through them programs, and I believe one of them I was listening to was in North Carolina. I think they do quite a bit of turkey studies and stuff. They do. They do a lot of lot of turkey studies, and we we are plentiful uh, with turkey. Just about everybody I know punches both their tags every year. Yeah, Indiana is uh, not a very big. I mean, people. There's a lot of people that turkey hunt, but turkeys are on the, the back page behind deer they don't really do much study and it doesn't seem like if they do i don't hear about it sure sure yeah no it's a it's a big thing around here it's, it's one of the only things we have going for us that and some trout we, we have a lot of trout fish in west oh, yeah. but um but outside of that you know whitetail not not that here definitely nobody coming from out of state but occasionally we'll find out-of-staters coming uh for turkeys and i say come on uh, i welcome all of them i try to mm-hmm. i try to um extend the offer to anybody that is kind to us on our trips as we travel the nation hunting me and my best friend travis rawls um as we travel the nation hunting we always try to extend the invite to people who are kind to us and really take care of us and yep you know those friendships hey look if y'all ever want to kill some turkeys come to north carolina Journal. Yeah, that's that's some of the best friendships I've I've made, man. The past year, two years, just talking to people from my page that I, that I created, and the, just the people I've met through there, talking to people from Kansas, Illinois, Ohio, and it's and the same thing, man. If I like you a lot, I always got a spot you can hunt. And if my private ain't what you want, we got boatloads of good public land all around us. Yep, that's it, man. It, it's funny. I've definitely had some my finest friendships turn in and manifest through um through some hunting story you know one of my one of my greatest friends lives in louisiana and i met him he was swinging in a hammock hunting a solo hunt in colorado backcountry for elk in his underwear it was 80 degrees i'm like who is this goof <laughs> in, the, in his underwear hanging in a hammock and little did i know we was we we ended up becoming great friends and, and still friends and we hunt every year multiple times a year together in multiple states and it's just That's one awesome. i'll carry that through the rest of my life with me yeah we went out there last year for kentucky's opening day of deer season met these good old boys from kentucky in that area they were on the same public and sat there and talked to them a couple times talked to them opening day one of the brothers and then they were dove hunting in that field that next day and we sat there 
bullshit with them for about 45 minutes an hour, just meeting them and sharing our contact info, and they were giving us good info. That was a cool thing about this Kentucky public. Everybody's super awesome, super nice. They're not afraid to just tell you what's going on. They're not trying to hide stuff from you. But this year, we go turkey hunting. We go back to that same piece, and there's uh, two or three cars in this parking lot. So we're like, all right, we're going to sneak around. And we're looking for boot marks just because we got in a little later because we were at a piece earlier in the morning. Like, oh, we don't want to bust it. So we get to this corner of this field. We don't think anybody's in. And we do a slight calm with a, with a pot call. And I take a couple steps. And the dude's like, hey, scared the shit out of me. He's only <laughs> about five feet from me, sitting in an all ghillie suit, sitting on this fence line. And I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to ruin your hunt. And he's like, oh, you're good, buddy. He's like, you ain't ruining shit. And then I was like, he sounds familiar. And then he's like, oh, shit, it's the, the Indiana boys. Because they always call us the Indiana boys because they're right there from that local area. And then right when he says that, I was like, that's just got to be one of those dudes we talked to. And he rips his mask off. And then we're like, oh, what's up, brother? And we ended up basically said, screw the turkey. And then we sat there and talked to that old boy for about 45 minutes or an hour catching up again. How cool, man. Yeah, it was cool. And. He was just telling us, he's like, this is probably the worst turkey year I can ever remember because he's been hunting that particular area on this public for about 35 years, and he's seen the uh, the public land digress and it change and everything. So it's just cool talking to them OGs, man. They've been hunting it for a long time and hearing their stories and their perspective on these public land pieces and stuff. For sure. For sure, man. Yeah, they, they've got years of history with it. And- and that's something that out-of-staters, you know, we struggle with when, when you know, I'm forced to harvest, uh, you know, a, a really a mature deer um, of the caliber, of my desired caliber. I'm forced out of my state to do that. And I know a lot of people hate out-of-staters, um, but it, it's, I, I, being one that travels i have a different perspective on that you know yeah me too so i'm i'm always grateful for any kind of intel you can pull from like you said no g who's been there hunting that spot for 35 years who's not being a dickhead or anything about um you know a- about it because we're just all out there trying to do the same thing man just trying to yeah and like yeah we talk i mean throughout the week and we probably talked to at least a dozen different guys hunting public and majority of them were out-of-state hunters like we were, but even, like, the guys that were lived in the area and just hunted public, for the most part, there was one or two that were a little weird but uh, didn't really want to talk, but everybody else was super polite, saying where they're hearing them gobble and saying all the luck they've been seeing and everything, which that's what it's about, man. you got to try to help the other hunters. You don't want to give them too much information to kill them too, but you still want to help your fellow hunters out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I would – I'll just not say anything before I go sending somebody to a gar hole. But yep, that's, exactly. that's just me personally. Everybody's different. I've been sent to gar holes <laughs> and, um, and I'm sure I will continue probably some other time in my life, but kind of getting at the age note though now, um, where you, after you hunt, you know, public land in multiple different States, you kind of start figuring a little bit of it out and you become, one of those ogs you know yep, exactly yep. years you know you really start figuring out public land and 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 then along the way you'll i seem to of and i'm sure you're the same way um you know you pick up some private here and there and you're always yep, that's, that's that. what we did this weekend yeah that's that's awesome man i hate y'all didn't go down there and just bust a bunch of heads 
Yeah, he's got old Dylan and Corey. Corey's on him all week, and he's he said they're starting to gobble a little more. He's he's just he's a good target hunter. He's on my crew, and he's just trying to get that little more challenge, trying to hit these public land birds. And it's definitely a different ball game. He's they're wearing him out as well. He's a good turkey hunter, but uh, he said they're starting to get a little more vocal now. And one thing was kind of cool, like on our way down to Kentucky, we stopped at old Cabela's on the way down there just to get a couple more hoop calls and whatever. And this lady sitting there, and she's kind of struggling looking for these calls. And uh, she sees us looking. We're all wearing our white-tailed bloodline. You can tell we're hunters. And she walks up to us. She's like, my daughter is on her first uh, first-year turkey hunt. And she's like, "Should I? is this a good call? And she had an owl hoot. And she's like, she's just trying to get on. I was like, that's a good thing if you're trying to locate them. But then I just showed her, like, this uh, one of those, like, value packs kind of where they got a little pot call, got a couple mouth calls, and got, like, a crow call or something. I was like, if you – if you want to get on them, just that's your best start. And this one had like a little cover to show you how to do a purr and how to do a yelp. And she was just so appreciative that we took our time out just to help her and help her daughter out. Yeah, man, that's what it's about, man. Going out there, life's already hard enough and can kick your ass. I mean, there's no sense in not trying to, you know, help each other out. And that's that's in and out of the hunting world. Yep. You know, life can already be tough. You don't know what people are going through. So anytime you can take time out of your life to uh, to help a fellow hunter or just, you know, um, a, a total stranger, man, I always am advocate for that. I want to try to teach my kids to, you know, to do those kinds of things as well. Yep. All right, I do got to say, man, this whole time we've been sitting there, you're giving me straight Michael Waddell vibes with your accent. I love it, dude. Michael Waddell, he's been one of my favorite guys in the industry forever. Oh yeah, you just you give me some Michael Waddell vibes. I know he's from Georgia, but you got you just got that good old boy, good old boy vibe about you. <laughs> Hell, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, that that'd be a that that's a goal of mine. I mean, like a dream of mine to be able to meet meet some of those boys, man. That would be awesome. Yeah. But Troy, man, for some new turkey hunters, a lot of people's seasons coming in this weekend. Like I'll be taking my nephew out for youth day in Indiana this Saturday. You got any advice just for the turkey hunter that's not super knowledgeable like just a couple tips that can uh, help them get on a gobbler uh well one i'll start out by saying this man there's no substitute for luck yep i'll take it every day over over skill but persistence is everything there's many times in that hunt and this is this is a hunt where i just happen not to give up there's been many hunts where i've threw in the towel probably too soon mm-hmm. um with this hunt man there was multiple moments in my morning in my day as as it you know as it prolonged i just was like man do i give up now do i turn in do i quit do i should i should i stop go home should i go back and get more shells you know it's all these thoughts man and just persistence i feel like trumped everything and with that came success so hunting and, and enjoy the process that's the only thing i can say to new hunters Enjoy the harvest, obviously, but that is just icing on. That's a byproduct of the hunting. Yeah, like I've said this before, turkey is a chess game, man, and shooting that turkey is just checkmate. There's a lot that goes into it before it. There's a lot that goes into it before it, brother. You are exactly right. And Be persistent. Enjoy the journey. And obviously feel and and expect and feel gratitude. Um. I don't know if that's something you can purposefully do or not. Uh, I know it's a natural thing for me, but, um, yep. you know, have gratitude whenever you do take a life 
Yeah, exactly. And you do have the opportunity to harvest. Yep. I, I agree with that. And, like, I believe you you probably think the same way I do, man. You got to follow your gut because, like, when you're getting up, you you had probably had that gut feeling like, ah, I better check this, this ag field and make sure there ain't nothing looking at me out there. That's it, man. I did. I, and I just – I just looked over just like I would any other time. Like, ah, one last check, you know, I, yep. just, I just eat up with it. So I'm always like, ah, one last check. And so I just peek over and whenever I peek over, man, there he was. And boom, the rest is history. It's almost meant to be, man. When it, when it comes together, it's, it's almost like it, it was meant to happen. Oh, it totally is, man. And when, like I said, when you're, when it's your time for your stars to line up and it's meant to be for you to harvest an animal, you almost can't f it up <laughs> yep yep i agree with that 100 sometimes you can't do nothing right but then sometimes you just can't do nothing wrong yep yep that's it man and and it, and it makes the days that when it all comes together it makes those days just a little sweeter yep that's what makes it so emotional when you actually get it done that's why when you're calling your wife you're emotional on the phone and she says you're crying but you're just so tickled to death that it actually came together tore out of frame but yeah, that's that's what it, I mean. I get fired up, man. You can ask anybody. Like when I shot that last buck I shot this year, I let out a Mel Gibson war cry, like for freedom, saying, "I was like, let's go." Yep. Neighbor thought I might have fell out of my tree. He's like, "I heard you yelling, man." I mean, yep. Yeah, I was fired up. Yep. I told my buddy he was in North Carolina uh, when I was hunting that 160 inch deer this this fall or last fall. I was uh. I said, he said, well, call me if you kill him, okay? I said, buddy, you'll know it when I kill him. You'll hear me from your house. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm going to have to get you on the podcast. I'd love to hear that, your biggest buck, out-of-state story. Because that's what I am, the White Tip Bloodline, this turkey talk series. is just a thing that we're in the middle of turkey season. So I want to do that and hear all these stories too. But my biggest passion is talking whitetail. So I'd love to have you back on and talk about that buck. Yeah, man, I, I would love I would love nothing more because um, I, could, I could go on for days. Certainly my number one passion um turkey hunting has been a uh I, I love it and i enjoy it but um it's the, i do it's because deer season's not in exactly <laughs> it, it doesn't take away from it i love being out there and i love doing it. it's awesome being out there in different times but it ain't deer hunting that's right and it's a different style of hunting for me so i enjoy that yep. amped up for like an elk hunt out you know my out west trip because it's a lot of spot and stalk and moving and calling and that kind of stuff so it, it does get me amped up for um for the elk hunts but um, yep. it's it's something about that cold frosty morning in the fall buddy that, hearing you, them gobbles man oh there's just there's something about it, especially when you're up close up personal and a bunch of them are all fired up right on the limb and you're right below them and there's nothing like it nothing like it. you're right but uh, yeah, man, Troy, I appreciate it, brother. Like this is had a blast talking with you. Definitely have to get you back on. Is there uh, any last thoughts you have? Anything you want to shout out? Nah, man, I, I just appreciate the heck out of you uh, having me on, man. I, I've enjoyed the heck out of it, and uh, I hope you have a, uh, a plethora of success this year and years to come, man. I'd love to be uh, be back on and talk some whitetail with you one day. Oh yeah, it's definitely gonna happen, brother. I haven't even I haven't got a whitetail episode out in a while because the turkey season been busy and all that fun stuff. But definitely gonna have to get one going, and you'd be a great one to do it with, man. I mean, you just conversation was flowing, some good old boys just talking outdoors, talking turkey, and definitely have to talk some whitetail. Absolutely, man. I've totally enjoyed it.
You, I appreciate it a lot, Troy. Uh, yeah, man, I'll stay in touch with you, and hopefully, like you said, the best of luck to you this season. You still got a, you got one or two turkey tags this year. You got, a, or when does your season come in for North Carolina? That's a better question. Uh, so, so uh, we're see, we're week two of the season. It'll be for two more weeks, and um, yeah, I'm uh, still carrying a tag, but I've I broke the bow out now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to harvest harvest work with my bow um and no ground blind that's that's the goal oh that's oh. A, that, hey that would be a good challenge right there brother yeah yeah for sure had a couple close encounters but just not able to piece it together on some jakes so we'll we'll see I, i'm hoping to be able to seal the deal maybe this upcoming weekend well if i do i'll shoot you some pictures of it oh i love that brother yeah i'll stay in touch with you i'll shoot you some, shoot you some text see how it's going man uh so that's what i just love about it man it's getting in contact with more people and just hearing more stories and just making this, I call it the bloodline, just making the bloodline bigger, man. That's it, man. That's it. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, Troy, appreciate you a lot, brother. Uh, we'll stay in contact and appreciate you a lot for joining us on this episode of Turkey Talk on the White Tail Bloodline. Until next time, brother. Until next time. Take care, man. All right. You too.